the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Relationships are tough. Betrayal, harder still. Let's talk about that next on Times of Refreshing. On a good day, relationships can be challenging as they are. Our fallen nature and sinfulness have pretty much secured that truth. Hi there. This is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. We're looking at Matthew 24 today in a message called Dealing with Betrayal. You know, nothing cuts to the heart deeper than betrayal, especially when it's a friend, someone you've been with for any length of time. How to overcome betrayal is the subject of our time today and tomorrow. Join us. Again, Matthew 24. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman now with today's broadcast. I want to talk to you about betrayal. And the title of my message is Dealing with Betrayal. It's interesting when you read the Bible and you look at the Gospels, this word betray or betrayal is is primarily used in the Gospels. And most of the time, almost all the time, it references Jesus. And I think for all of us, if we're going to be successful in life, if we're going to be overcomers and continue to see God use us, we have to understand betrayal because if you haven't been betrayed, get ready. It happens in life. But how we respond is is critical and making sure that we're not betrayers in our own lives, that we, we learn to, to balance this life. Because at the end of the age, and as we're approaching it, this is going to become more and more prevalent. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 24, he begins to talk about the end times. He's talking about the characteristics of the end times, things that are going to take place at the end of the age. We have to be ready for this. And, uh, and I believe this is happening now. But as we get closer and closer to the end, like Jesus is saying here, it's going to get worse. He says here in verse 24, and Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. All this stuff goes on, but it doesn't mean that we become fearful. We panic or we become troubled. Jesus says, do not become troubled. He says here, he says, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Verse 7, for for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in, in various places. He says, all these are the beginning of sorrows. He says, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And so he's, he's making this clear. This is a, it's a, it's a spiritual battle that's being played out in the natural. 
You're going to be hated because of your relationship with Jesus. This is what he's saying. And we have glimpses of this in various countries, but we don't see the fullness of this manifestation yet. Some countries you can't preach the gospel. You can't talk about Jesus. And we're starting to see little fires spark up here, even within this country, where they're asking for sermons now, and they're, and they're saying you're unloving if you preach against homosexuality or sin or, 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 or things that are wrong from a biblical standpoint. People will persecute you for that. So we're seeing the sparks, but we haven't seen the full flame. Jesus is saying this is what's going to happen. He says in verse 10, and this is the verse that is key, and here are some characteristics. He says, and then many will be offended. Offense is going to become more and more prevalent, and we see some of it now. You say one thing to a person, and they don't like it, and they get offended. And, uh, you know, you know you, you're driving down the freeway, and, and, and you accidentally, you know, get in somebody's lane or something, and people get a, pe- offense is just, pre- it's just silliness. Offended over foolishness. But this is what's happening in our culture. He says, and then many will be offended. And then he says, many will betray one another. He says, and will hate one another. So we see offense, we see betrayal, and we see hatred as prevalent as we approach the end of this age. We have to guard our hearts. We have to make sure that our minds... Don't go down this road. We may have to make sure that we live lifestyles that reflect the kingdom of God and reflect the nature of the Lord. Jesus, he forgave people. He didn't get caught up in trivial, trivial stuff. He stuck to, to mission and vision and accomplished his task. And even when he had opportunity to become offended and, become, and betray and hate, he opened his heart. He kept his heart open. And he remained pure. And the Father was able to, to use him to the very end. And I think it's the same thing for us. We have to make sure that our hearts become pure and remain pure. And we don't allow offense, betrayal, and hatred to get a hold of us. Because this is what's happening all over the world. And it is going to get worse. But as saints of God, we shine bright when we reflect the nature of Christ. Amen? And this is what we're looking for. But the key word here that I wanted to bring out is the word betray. He says, many will betray one another. This word betray here, it means to deliver up, no, to deliver over or up to the power of someone. To deliver over or up to the power of someone. This word means to deliver a person over to the power of one's enemies. To deliver a person over to the power of one's enemies. This word means to turn your back upon someone. To turn your back on someone. And I think this is critical. We have to think about this. Because it happens all the time. Ultimately, we know it it may not just necessarily be a person in the natural that we're turning individuals over to. But how many times have we sold, I'll say it like this, how many times have we received or made accusation against someone and then turned them over to the power of the enemy's influence? If the enemy wants to get access into our life, he always needs a point of entry. 
Whether that is a person, whether that is a mindset, whether that is gossip, whether that is a thought, whether that is, he always needs some type of a point of entry. And I think it's important for us that we're sensitive about this. And it is also important that we don't believe everything people have to say about someone else. We have to make sure that we're sensitive about this. Well, in this case, when persecution is coming, when things are happening, he's saying that literally people are going to betray and turn people over to, to the adversary, to the enemy, or whoever it is. He's the one who did it. She's the one who did it. There they are. And in Jesus' personal life, we see a picture of this. And we're going to examine a few scriptures here that are going to help to see this picture of betrayal. Now, keep in mind the blessing that Jesus was to people that he came into contact with. The way in which he provided, took care of, healed, delivered, cast the devil out of people, set them free, gave them the truth. God used them in a mighty way, and we have to, our Father used them in a mighty way. We have to see this and understand that what we're getting ready to read, it's, it should be mind-boggling because for all of us, If we're not watchful, we could do the same thing to the Lord. Let's look at this. Let's go to Matthew chapter 26, verse 14 on the 16. Let's look at this. And not only can we do this in our relationship with the Lord, but we can do this in our relationship with each other. We have to be careful. In Matthew chapter 26, let's look at verse 1 on down to 5. It says, now it came to pass when Jesus was finished all these sayings that he said to his disciples, you know that after two days is the Passover and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. And that's, that's the concept, betrayed, delivered over to or delivered up to. Then the chief priest, the scribes, and the elders of the people assembled at the palace of the high priest who was called Caiaphas and plotted to take Jesus by trickery and kill him. But they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar among the people. Now look at verse 14. Look at verse 14. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and said, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted to him 30 pieces of silver So from that time, he sought opportunity to do what? To do what, saints? Betray. And so this is critical. Now you have Judas who is here. He's with the Lord. He's he's ate with him. Undoubtedly, he slept in the same, you know, homes with him. He's walked with him. He's seen him. Jesus has given him authority over the money bag. All these things. And we see here in this moment, it said that in his heart, he sought for an opportunity to betray him, but he he did it from a selfish, for selfish reasons. What will you give me to do this? And I just wrote this down because I think these are, these are, and please write these down. These are, these are the primary reasons why people betray other people. Number one, Selfish gain. We see that picture right here. For selfish gain, he was willing to betray Jesus. 30 pieces of silver. That's it. 
He was willing to turn his back on the Lord. Uh, number two, self-ambition. Some way I'm going to get a promotion out of this, or I'm in my mind going to go to the, another level. Number three, and this is tied to self-ambition, self-promotion. Number four, write this down, self-preservation. Self-preservation. Selfish gain. And I think this happens. You see this, you see this happen in business. You see this happen in our culture all the time. It's nothing for a person to turn a person over or to kick a person to the curb as long as it's going to help me to get what I'm looking to get out of it. It happens all the time. It happens in relationships. happens in marriages. It happens all the time in the church. It happens in our culture where it's nothing to, for me to just, I, I, if this is going to help me, then I'm turning you over. It doesn't mean that we don't speak the truth. It doesn't mean that there are things that people are doing and they need to be dealt with and their issues need to be dealt with. And there are times in our relationship where we need to go a different way. But when we look back at it and we look at this word betrayal and why, the whys, we see very clearly here, this Judas, he he wanted to gain something out of this. This is the reason why he was willing to do it. And selfish gain, selfish ambition. There's nothing wrong with having ambition that is tied to God's mission. But when we have selfish ambition that's just tied to our own wants and desires and things that we, that, and what happens is we become driven instead of being led. And when we become driven instead of being led, then we're willing to run over anything in our path that's going to stop us from getting what we want. Ambition, if it is not tied to God's mission, can destroy us. We have to be careful. We want God's will and we want to have a drive, in a sense, but that is tied to knowing God's will for my life. This is what God is after. He's leading me in this. Saints, never be driven Always be led. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. When we get to a point, then if anyone steps in your path, like I said before, you'll run them over to get what you want in your life. Selfish ambition, self-promotion. God is the best promoter. There is no promoter like God. God could take a shepherd boy like David and make him king in a moment because he feels like doing it. God took Moses from the backside of the Midian desert and took him into Pharaoh's quarters and rescued uh, four to six million people from Egyptian captivity with a stick in his hand. He knows how to promote you and to lead you and guide you. Can I have an amen? amen. Stop try- we have to stop trying to promote ourselves and let the Lord promote you. One of the things that has always stuck with me is if God wants to use me, he knows where to find me. I'm not worried about nothing. If God wants my voice to be heard, he wants to use me, then praise the Lord. I'm right here. You know where to find me, God. But when we start getting into self-promotion, in our lives, then we're dangerous. And I and in this, and, and when it comes to business and different things like this, obviously there's a promotions aspect to it, but we have to have the right motivation for it. The right motivation for it. If it's all just about self, then we have to make sure that we check our motivations. Can I have an amen? Self preservation. Let's look at this again. Self preservation. 
It is amazing how a person, to spare their own life, will turn another person over. To spare their own life. And let me say this. This is rooted in the heart of every man and every woman in this room. It's an Adam thing. This is what I'm saying. It's an Adam thing. Self-preservation is an Adam thing. And all of us got that Adam in us that needs to die daily. And we shared this last night. When, when even Adam himself, when, when he was questioned by God, the first thing that he did was try to throw his wife under the bus. And the wife, the first thing she did was try to throw the devil under the bus. What I'm saying is in all of us, self-preservation is saying, instead of saying, here I am, it's me. People, that's why Jesus said, greater love have no man than this, than a man laid down his life for his friends. Because self-preservation is dangerous. And, and, then, and, and when, it comes to, when it comes to betrayal, people, if it's going to spare my life, kill him. We see it all the time. We see it. We go into San Quentin all the time. And we see guys that's tough. They bad. And they talk about how we, they, we, I'm a blood. I'm a crip. I'm a this. I'm a that. I'm a that. But as soon as they sit down at the interrogation table and there's a plea deal on the table. We're going to let you, we're going to give you probation if you turn this guy over. Well, I can remember now. Can I have an amen? Everybody's tough till they get into the interrogation room. And I think it's important that we, it's in people, it's self-preservation. And for us, we want to be individuals that don't go down this road. Judas, he didn't pass the test. Judas was willing to turn the load over just for some money, 30 pieces of silver. He was willing to do this. And, and, there's, and it's interesting because I like this. Watch this says He sought opportunity, the Bible says here. So from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. So this wasn't just a, a, a mistake or just a moment issue. Now he's looking for opportunity. And sometimes we have to be watchful of this. Sometimes people in your life are looking for opportunities to see you slip up and trip up. And all of us have to be mindful of this and have understanding. Not everybody wants you to succeed. That's okay. Keep living for God, amen, and things will work out fine. But the issue here is this person's heart had become so corrupt that they were looking for opportunity. He was looking for an opportunity to betray him. We have to make sure we don't have this in our own hearts. Yeah, she's singing good now. But when she try to hit that one note, I know it's not going to happen. She didn't hit it at worship rehearsal. Mm-hmm, let me see. Can I preach it today? Uh, he was preaching good last week. Uh-huh, he about to fumble over that word. I know he's going to fumble over that one. Oh, my, my, my co-worker, oh, she thinks she's going to get that raise, but you watch. Mm-hmm. I know something other people don't know. My cousin, you know, he doing good, and he bragging about his house, but he don't know. My friend told me there's a crack in the foundation. <laughs> this is how people start thinking. They start turning on each other. They start looking at people. 
the wrong way and they start turning on each other and jealousy and envy and bitterness and self-esteem. All this stuff gets in and then it becomes defiled. And you look around, you don't know who you can trust. And Jesus is sitting here with a, with a man that he's given everything to. And now he's, for 30 pieces of silver, he's trying to sell him out. It's, it's important that we understand the culture in which we live. And it's the culture in which we live in is trying to seep into the church. And we cannot let that happen. Can I have an amen? We have to be individuals that when we're in the marketplace, when we're in the marketplace, that we're different. But for Jesus, this is what he was confronted with. Go to Matthew chapter 26, verse 17. Look at this. 17 on down to 25. It says, now on, that, on the first day of the feast of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying to him, where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he said, go into the city to a certain man and, and say to him, the teacher says, my, times, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and they prepared the Passover. When evening had come, he sat down with the, with the twelve. Now, as they were eating, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you will do what? Betray me. He says, betray me. He knew it. And they were exceedingly sorrowful, and each of them began to say to him, Lord, is it I? He answered and said, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes just as it was written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. Look at this. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Now, if Jesus says that, that's an issue. Then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? And he said to him, you have said. I, I think that it's important that we see this, you know, Jesus is making it perfectly clear that he sees what's going on. He's giving them opportunity to check their own hearts. Judas knew what was going on, but he asked Jesus the question to see if Jesus would confess that he knew what was going on. And, but the thing that I wanted to draw out from here and what I wrote from this scripture is betrayal, at the end of the day, it will cost you. It will cost you. If you betray someone in some way, it's going to cost you. It's going to come back to you. And it's going to hurt. In this situation, Jesus is very clear. He said it would have been better for this person if he had not been born. What he's telling him is there's going to be some consequence for this. And in Judas's life, and I think in, in all of our, our lives, if we betray people, and if we have been betrayed, we have to understand that if we betray people, it's going to come back to you. There's going to be some kind of rip repercussions and, and there's going to be some heartache and there's going to be some pain. There's going to be some things associated with it that's going to come back to us. This is, this is the, the principle that Jesus is establishing. It would have been better for this person if he would not been born unless he'd done this. He's saying this about Judas and we know the magnitude of what Jesus did. But in our own personal lives, God Nowhere in Scripture does he condone betraying people. And we have to be mindful of this. And when we have been betrayed, we have to rest in that, that God is going to handle that. He'll deal with that. I don't have to deal with that. God is going to deal with that. And when we make covenant with people, when we're walking with people, 
when, we're in, when we get to know people and we develop relationship with people. I mean, there should be a sense of trust, a sense of love that we have with one another, that when my back is on the, against the wall, that this person, they're going to stand with me. Now, if there's a sinful issue in my life, or there's something I'm doing that's sinful, of course, there's biblical reasons for, hey, I got to go a different way. I mean, you sinning against God, whatever it is. I understand that. But if we have self-seeking and envy and all these things in our heart, and we betray people like Judas did, it'll come back to you, saints. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I'm speaking that to myself. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because this is what the world will do. Jesus tells him and says in verse 24, The Son of Man indeed goes just as it is written, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. A production of the Well Christian Community, this has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. There are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925-292-7800. You're also welcome to write to us. Address your envelope to the Well Christian Community. 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California, the zip code 94551. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address, at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word, at Napoleon Kaufman. We thank you for spending time with us again today and look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue looking at God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.